He is worthy to be praised. I am uh, glad for this opportunity to share God's word with you. I thank Pastor Tim and Pastor Mason and Christ Central family for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. If you have your Bible or you have your uh, smartphone, tablet, please turn with me to the book of Genesis, um, starting at chapter 18, verse 1. Genesis chapter 18, um, I will start reading at verse 1 uh, to about 15 or 16 or thereabouts. And um, after I finish reading, we will pray. Uh, the title for today's message um, is Faith, the Covenant, the Content, and the Challenge. The Covenant of Faith, the Content of Faith, and the Challenge to our Faith. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth tree, trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard? For the Lord. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. We'll stop there. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you asking that you will make your presence known here, Father, by the revealing of your Son Jesus Christ to us in a greater sense. Lord, I pray right now that by the hearing of these words, 
and the expositions of these verses that, God, you will transform us into the image of your dear son, that you will change us, that you will give us a greater faith today, Lord God, after hearing these words. Lord, we pray that you will be with us, you will be on our side, and that you, God, will give us a greater measure of trusting you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, I want to use this, these verses to talk about um, faith. And I want to let us know that, first and foremost, that our, our covenant that we have with God that we have through Jesus Christ, is first and foremost a covenant of faith. We hear in verse 1 that the Lord appeared to Abraham. And there were three men that came to him. And we know that these three men were angels. Um, we know this because if you read chapter 19 following this one, um, it says that the angels went to see Lot in Sodom. The angels. Here they refer to as men but in 19, they're referred to as angels. So they are angels appearing as men. But one of the men um, that appeared towards Abraham is actually the Lord of the covenant. And we know this is because in verse 1, it says the Lord appeared to Abraham. We know this also because um, in greeting uh, the angels, um, Abraham said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight. We know that the third angel is the Lord of the covenant because he, um, in verse 13, says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? And if you look the, um, at the uh, earlier verse, the Bible says that Sarah laughed within herself. She did not laugh aloud. And so only God can know our hearts and know our thoughts and know the intentions of our heart. And so the, the God of the very covenant that we're referring to here is in the presence of Abraham. And these angels are coming to confirm, look at this, confirm the covenant that God made to Abraham. This is the confirmation. They're going to affirm this, this covenant with Abraham. And what is this covenant? This covenant we read in chapters 12, verse 1. We read in chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. We read in chapters 15, verse 18. And in verse, uh, um, chapter 17, this covenant is a covenant that God made with Abraham that says that, Abraham, you will have descendants. I will make from you a nation of many people, and you will bless all nations, okay? And I will also give you a land, the land of Canaan. And he says, I'm going to do this. I will be your God, and you will be my people. And I want to just look at this covenant of faith. This is a covenant not by works. It's a covenant of faith. Chapter 17, verse 17 says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall the child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. 
and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But look at verse 21. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Now we have to understand this, that the covenant that God establishes with Abraham and then with Isaac is a covenant of promise. God promises that Abraham is going to have many descendants, but as yet, Abraham had none, right? And so Abraham takes it upon himself to make this, and we're going to get to this a little later. He takes it upon himself to cause the, the hope of his that he's been given to, uh, to him by God. He takes this upon himself to make this happen. But God says, no, my goals for you, my future for you, my covenant that I've made with you will not be established through human means. It's going to be established through my promise and believing in my promise. I want you to know today, ladies and gentlemen, that the covenant that God makes with us as he made with Abraham, is a covenant of faith. It's a covenant based on a promise that God said that he who believes in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And we don't have to work for that eternal life. We don't have to be born in the right family. We don't have to come from the right nation. We All we have to do is believe that Jesus Christ is ordained of God, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we have a covenant of faith through faith in Jesus Christ. And the same way Abraham was believing God, and it was a covenant of faith. I just want to remind you of something very important. Back in Genesis 15, it says, um, And the word of the Lord came to Abraham, saying, This one should not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And see, a lot of people jump to verse 6, but they miss verse 5. Verse 6 is where the Bible tells us that Abraham heard God and believed the Lord and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And we quote that all the time. But right above that, the Bible says, so shall your descendants be. Basically, God joins in covenant with those who believe his word. Ours is a covenant of faith. We enjoin this covenant. We attain this covenant. We receive reconciliation with God and are um, bound to him in a covenant fellowship, a covenant relationship through faith. How do we enter into covenant with God? Through faith, not by works, but through faith. We have this also. In Romans chapter 4, verse 13, for the, promises, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Verse 16, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Just like Abraham entered into covenant with God through faith, believing the words of God, we too enter into covenant with the same God through faith in Jesus Christ. 
as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Everyone who believes like Abraham believed in the very words of God, the person of God, that God is a uh, God that uh, he's not a man that he should lie. But God is a man of uh, God is a God of truth. And there is no lie in him, no, nor is there a change in him. God will do exactly what he says he will do. And Abraham believed this. And we believe what God tells us. We haven't seen heaven. All of us here, we haven't even seen uh, Jesus Christ. We haven't seen the apostles who wrote the, the New Testament. We haven't seen the prophets. But yet we believe the words of God. And because of our faith, God has entered into an everlasting covenant with us. We have to understand that our relationship to God, our covenant with God, is a covenant of faith and not of works. We cannot earn it. We cannot purchase it. We cannot do enough good. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. It is a covenant of faith. So shall your seed be. I also want to look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed, look at this, with believing Abraham. We who are of faith are blessed we have the promise, an assurance, because we have faith in Jesus Christ. Look at this. Abraham received Isaac because he believed. Okay, so faith produces the receiving of the promise. Faith, if we have faith, we shall receive eternal life. That's what the Bible teaches us. Galatians 3, 26 and 29 says this, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not have eternal life right now. We don't possess it right now. But because we have faith, the Bible says that we have the substance of that which is hoped for. We have the substance of that which is so forth. Because we are um, looking forward to eternal existence with God, it produces in, in, in us right now a substantive uh, uh, faith, a conviction, that, and an assurance that what God has promised we will receive, and it produces substance in us right now. It produces substance. People say, well, if you have hope, it's hope. There's nothing there. It's just nothing but hope. But our hope is a kind of hope that produces realness, a realization, a, a substance, an evidence in us right now in this present time. Even though we don't have it, right now it's producing substance in us. That's the kind of faith that I'm talking about. Now, we are reconciled to God and enter into a covenant relationship with God through faith in Christ Jesus. It's just like the Bible says, so shall your seed be. That's the covenant of faith. Now I want to talk to you guys about the nature or the content of faith. What is saving faith? And we will see here, as in uh, Genesis chapter 18, we're going to see what saving faith looks like. Um, but I want us to look at verse, back in Genesis 18, look at verse 9. There's something very interesting here that we would miss 
if we don't take our time. Verse 9, it says, Then they said to him, that's to Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? So Abraham said, Here in the tent, right behind us. They were outside. Sarah was in the tent. And verse 10, And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, it's very important for us to get this, that saving faith is trusting and depending on what God has promised and what God has said. The reason why the angel asked Abraham, where is Sarah, because he wanted not only Abraham to hear this, but Sarah herself had to hear the promise because Sarah could not depend on Abraham's faith. She had to have faith in herself, of herself. And we get this from um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. The Bible says, and even Sarah herself believed in the promise of God. Sarah had to hear what the promise was and have faith in order to conceive Isaac. You cannot rely on somebody else's faith. You have to have faith in yourself or of yourself. You have to have faith, a personal faith in what God has said. And that's crucial. You can't go by grandma's faith. You can't go by mom or dad's faith. You have to have a personal dependence on God and what he has said. And so they say what they say in earshot of Sarah. And Sarah, we know, hears it because she, the Bible says she was listening in the tent door, which was just behind Abraham. And so we have to understand that saving faith is belief and trust. Faith is trusting what we have heard God say through his prophets but have not seen. Saving faith is um, that even when there's no evidence of what God has promised, we still believe what God has said. That's crucial. Why is that crucial? Because Satan has a counterfeit faith. And what we hear today is that faith is um, using a power. Faith is a power that allows me to obtain whatever I want. Faith is some kind of source. It's a tool that I use, that I manipulate for my benefit on behalf of me. Faith is me having positive thinking so that I can obtain whatever I desire. If I want a husband or a wife, I can use my faith to get that. If I want a big home, I can do that. If I want a bigger, better career, I can do that. Faith is a tool that we use. That's what we're taught today. Faith is a tool that I use to get what I want, to produce the future that I want. But that's not biblical faith. That is not saving faith. And we get that, again, in Genesis chapter 15, in verse 6, it says, And he, that's Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, that is God, accounted it to him for righteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, saving faith is hearing what God said and believing what God said. Saving faith is hearing what God has promised us and being convinced that what he has promised, he is able to deliver. That is saving faith. Faith in what God has said. The basis of our faith is God said. The, the basis of our faith is who God is. God cannot lie. 
Okay? So that is our faith. Our faith isn't in us. Our faith isn't in some kind of force or power. People speak of that all the time. They have spiritualists who talk about, oh, if you speak positive words into the universe, they are bound to come back to you. That is not biblical saving faith because it's not based on the promises of God. Our faith, the nature of faith, the content of faith is a substantial confidence in the reality of something not yet realized. It's based on what God has said but has not yet come to pass, but I believe it still. And look at this. Even against all odds, even against what I've seen, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, and look at this, not by what we see. Everything we see can be contrary to what the Word of God is, but if we know that God has said it, it's going to come to pass. And look, it's going to come to pass. Now, the the, the difference is this, whether you're going to be blessed by it or not, okay? Faith helps you to receive the promise. Faith helps you to receive the promise and the the blessing. But those who don't have faith, they're going to see it but not receive it. They're not going to be blessed by it. Um, I remember a story in the Old Testament where the, God says um, after a long famine and the, and the, and the, and the people was um, seized, the Israelites were seized, that God says today you're going to have food. And one of the men, um, the counselors up to the king says, uh, this can't happen. And is God going to send uh, food from heaven? And, and, and the prophet says, uh, you're going to see it but not partake in it. And that very same day, four lepers went into the enemy's camp. There was uh, bounty, food, money, everything. And that day, the people rushed the gates. And the man saw the deliverance of God, the promise of God fulfilled. And he was trampled over. He saw it, but he did not partake. And I'm here to let you know that in order to receive the promise, in order to receive the blessings of God, we must have faith. We must trust God. And God knows our hearts. He knows whether or not we really believe. Do we have a said faith or do we have a real faith? Do we have a real faith that produces substance? Do we have a real faith that not only produces substance, but then uh, transforms itself into a commitment? Abraham had commitment. He had commitment. Faith is the substance that brings about conviction and commitment to something yet unseen. Faith is is taken as um, future hope and it gives us a present substance. It takes future hope and produces in us a present substance. That's the nature of our faith. And that's very important because Satan has a counterfeit faith. Faith is not, again, I'm going to say this, faith is not some power that helps us produce the future that we want. But it is trusting in what God has said. It is trusting in what God has said. And we have examples of this. You know, if, 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 if our faith can be used to produce what we want, then I think Abel, who was slain in an open field by his brother Cain, he would have chosen a different future, don't you think? I mean, Abel, the Bible says that because of faith, he gave a more, um, a more a righteous offering to the Lord. But if he could have utilized his faith for what he wanted, he would have not been slain. Noah, you know, I think Noah would have chosen a better path. I mean, the, Noah built a, a ark for, the Bible says, over 100 years and preached the gospel. And the people didn't believe, but he believed God. And I think, you know, uh, Abel, I mean, uh, Noah would have chosen a better, a better future for himself. Um, the Bible talks about Abraham being the father of faith. I think Abraham would have chosen a different path. 
He would have charted a different course for himself. But God had a plan for him. And I'm gonna, that leads me to the last um, point, the challenge to faith. The problem of faith is not when God promises and not when it's realized. The, pr- the problem or the challenge to faith is the in-between periods. I got four minutes? Five, okay. The, the problem with uh, faith or the challenge to our faith is not when God promises because we get all excited when that happens. It's not when it's realized, but it's the in-between times. And that's the challenge to our faith. Are we going to hold on through that testing time, that trying time? And the Bible lets us know that God does everything. He works everything out for his glory. God is not interested so much in you and how you feel and how you're comforted. God is interested in his name being glorified and him getting the glory. So God orchestrates Abraham's and Sarah's life in such a way that only he and he alone can get the glory. Now, what is the challenge to our faith? The challenge to our faith is once we hear what God has promised us, now we want to achieve it through human means. The problem, the challenge to our faith is that we want to allow our flesh to accomplish what God has promised us. And that's where we get off. And that's where Abraham and Sarah got off. First of all, um, in chapter, I believe it was 15, God had already promised in chapter 12 that Abraham would have many children, many descendants. God promised that. Abraham believed God. He's been walking with God. He left his father and, 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 um, in the land of Haran, and now he's in Canaan. And God tells him that you're going to have many descendants. So Abraham, you know, he's trying. He's trying him and, Her- um, him and Sarai. They're working, and they're trying to produce children. But God has his own timing. You know that they prayed. They prayed and prayed. God, bring us a child. Um, we've heard your promise. And so they're acting, acting upon their faith. Well, God, what God said, but it doesn't come. So God speaks to Abraham in chapter 15, and Abraham says, you know what? God, this ain't happening, okay? I still believe you, so I guess I'm going to have descendants through my servant Eleazar. He's my servant, and he's the only heir that I have. I guess it's going to happen to him. And God understood what Abraham was going through, and so God gives him a little nugget, okay? God gives him another word. And Abraham, here's God said this. No, it's not going to be Eleazar. But you shall have a son from your own body. So Abraham goes back to work, and, and he and Sarah believe in God. And this is the trying time because sometimes we're tried through patience. The Bible says let patience have her perfect work in you. Sometimes we're tried, and we see things that they are not happening, and sometimes we give up on God. We, give, we forget what God has said. And, but Abraham didn't forget, but he gets, grows weary in well-doing. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. What's the well-doing here? The well-doing is believing God and trusting God. And so they are believing God, but Sarah concocts an, uh, an idea. And she says, well, you know what? This is not happening. We've been in the land of Canaan for 10 years. We have no child. God promised us many descendants, many nations. And it's not going to happen, I guess, through me, Abraham. And so she grabs her servant, Hagar, and you know what happened. He takes her as wife, and they do produce. But look at this. They produce not based on the promise of God. They produce in their own human ingenuity, their own human will, the flesh, the natural. And see, we cannot have the promise of God, especially we cannot have the eternal promise of God through human means. 
It has to come through the only working of God. As we see in Genesis chapter 18, when uh, Sarah laughed, she said, can I have a child who am old? And can Sarah, I mean, my husband Abraham have a child uh, who is old? And then the Lord heard her and says, is there anything too hard for God? Reminds me of um, Matthew chapter 11. Who then can be saved? And then Jesus spoke up, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. See, God gets glory and he reserves the impossible things for himself in order that he might get glory for his name. If we can do it in our flesh, then it's not God. But when we know that we can't do it and it takes God, that's why God waits until we're at our wits end for us to cry out. And then he comes to deliver us. That's why God got rid of Gideon's uh, large army and just left 300. Because God knew that Israel would say, we won this victory in our own strength. But God got rid of the large army and uh, defeated his enemies with 300 soldiers. This is how God works. He works in such a way that he gets the divine glory, he and he alone. And it's not through human flesh. It's not through human ingenuity. It's not our thoughts. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so Abraham is old. Sarah is old. And Sarah not only is old, but she couldn't have children in the get, from the get-go. And it's, it's funny how God orchestrates this because Sarah meets Abraham. Abraham is going to be the father of many nations, but God gives him a wife who is barren. This is God. God orchestrates this from the beginning. Sarah didn't know she was barren. Abraham didn't know she was barren. Abraham gets a promise, but you gave me a barren wife. This is how God orchestrates things. But he, he's the one that told Abraham you would have many children. So Abraham has a child with Hagar. And then God comes the last time. And he says, Abraham, you're going to have a son. He said, and Sarah, your wife, she won't be called Sarah anymore. You're going to call her Sarah because she will have uh, children from her. And she will be the mother of many nations. Now, Abraham, God saw what Abraham did with Hagar and that he had a son. And, and, and um, Ishmael is now about 14 years of age. He's been believing that this child is going to be the heir. And the Bible says in chapter 17 that Abraham laughs inside his heart. He's like, not again, Lord. I thought I had this thing cornered. I thought I had this thing fixed. It's going to be Ishmael. God says, no, it's going to be between you and Sarah. And then God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless Ishmael, but the promise is going to come through Isaac. Look at this. I'm going to establish my covenant through Isaac. I'm going to establish my covenant with the promised child. And so I want to leave you with this, that it's the children of promise that are the children of Abraham. It is not by flesh that God accomplishes or establishes covenant. It's through the promise that he establishes his covenant. And so God does not establish his covenant through man's work. He, establ he establishes his covenant through his own works. And so that is the covenant of faith. It's the content of faith and the challenge to our faith. We have to just believe what God said and know that God is not a man that he should lie. And he's going to do it. We don't know the time. We don't know how. We just know that he's going to do it. Amen?